welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Today I have Altera on with me. How are you? Oh, I'm very good and it's such a joy and a, and a real honor to be here. So thank you, Jen. I was watching one of your videos to try to get to know you a little bit before we got on. And of course, I noticed you had an accent. So I asked you and you said originally New Zealand, but you're in Japan now. Right, right. So I, li- I, live, na- I live with my wife and a little five-year-old daughter right next to an old Zen temple. So we're right out in the country, near, sort of near enough to Tokyo to go in and out. And okay. uh, I, we've been here about 10 years. So uh, it's been been beautiful. Very, We're very lucky because, you know, New Zealand... Japan and they're both islands and they've both got a lot of similar geography so it's, it's oh yeah. okay I hadn't thought about the geography yeah they, uh, they've got they've got you know hot hot in one part and cooler in another part and they've yeah. got cows and sheep so long as you've got cows and sheep for a New Zealander it's uh <laughs> we're at home you know <laughs> that's we're, all we're you pretty, need <laughs> pretty basic. yeah we like we like just to keep you know everything very ho- homely ice cream, pavlova, uh, you know, fish and chips. Everybody oh, yeah, now you're hard, speaking. Yeah, people give me a hard time about that kind of accent. You go to Sydney, Australia, and, and people tell you, you know, you just come from uh, across the ditch and that you kind of, that you, that they're only a speck on the world. And, and I, when, when, I was, no, when I was in the States, I, I lived in uh, California for a while, and people thought New Zealand was kangaroos jump down the street and oh. bridge bridge connecting sydney to auckland there's all these wonderful things that happen in new zealand that americans think and yeah. i was really blown away i thought that that's wonderful we we've got slightly we're this magical underland you know that you are kind of the magical underland and i told you said that i should visit and i'm like yeah but i know that new zealand makes it very difficult uh to get dual residency and even right. with it you kick us out yeah, we can only stay a certain like I think it's three months maximum. Or I I know a family who got dual residency there, and they come back. I'm like, why are you here? Oh, you know, we've got to do our time in the yeah. states because the Kiwis kick us out. That's right. Ki- yeah, Ki- Kiwis love to lo- own their own piece of land. You know, I think wherever a Kiwi got, that's what they do. They buy up some land somewhere because they got to make it feel like home. It's got to have a garden. That's basically what I did here. We did did wonderful things with the land here and. W- but number one, well, before the house was, where's the garden? Where, where's the plot of yeah. land? You know, you got to have your front lawn and and a beautiful garden somewhere looking onto nature. I mean, otherwise we just don't feel at home. So. Well, I think that's actually a really good way to be. Well, I'm in the middle of a city, and it's not a huge city, not like where you're driving into. Um, but when I take pictures walking the dog, I'm in a cow pasture down the street. <laughs> so I love those pockets. Yeah. Where, you know, you're in the middle of a big city, but you feel completely disconnected from it. You're yeah. just, yeah, we went and walked with geese and cows this morning. So, that, that, that sounds, my, and sounds my, like my backyard. Yeah. Sounds like where I live here. There's, there's a whole bunch, just, you can't see, but just over there, there's a forest, then a 1,400-year-old Zen temple, and the lake has got uh, snapping to, to, you can't. You can't actually walk in the lake. You will be bitten seriously. I, yeah. I tried dipping my toe in, but it's not not a wise thing to do. What? <laughs> you tried it. I'm gonna try that anyway. I, I just gotta see what's what's <laughs> under there. That's that's what we like. Yeah. I, unfortunately, you see, in in New Zealand, there are no poisonous creatures except for one beach where there's 
uh, catapult spiders that are poisonous. But the rest of New Zealand is basically, you know, critter free as far as being so. So you don't kind of twig to the fact that lots of countries have got poisonous or dangerous animals. And uh, Kiwis tend to experiment a lot with those natural so critters. You figured it out on your own that the snapping turtles are real. They actually do snap. Yep. Yes, they do. Tell me, how did you get to Japan ten years ago? Well, I, I met my my wife's uh, in New Zealand, and we I, I was running an outdoor school at the time, so an adventure kind of adventure playground, place to come where people can come and ski in the winter and go surf sailing in the the summer. And uh, she she came on one of the tours, and we we were out skiing together, and she fell over, and I skied in behind her, and we both looked up at the blue sky at the same time, and said, "What a beautiful blue sky!" That was it. <laughs> From there, a romance was born, and we've been happy wow. ever after. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing! So she came to New Zealand to visit, and then. How did you, this is so off topic, but it's so fun. How yeah. did you guys keep in touch or stay in touch or keep that romance going or? No, we, we basically, we hit it off straight away and we, that, that was it. We, from that point onwards, we were a couple basically. So we were very um, in tune. We always call it language of love. You know, we've got, I, I think all couples have it in some form or another. And we definitely had it like an alchemy of love. You know, every time we didn't have to speak, but, but it, it seemed, you know, it's like this extra sensory love language that goes, goes on between people. We, we definitely had it. It was so beautiful. We could kind of speak in a few words or many, and we understood exactly what was going on in our hearts. So she was visiting New Zealand though? Yeah, she was visiting. So she stayed. She actually decided to stay and extend her, you know, visa and go for the things that American wants that's to come and live in New Zealand. And so she did. And we lived there for a year, but she got really homesick actually for her mom and for food and Japanese shops. <laughs> All the things that she's right. Japanese food is great. I love it. Uh, so she, she came... Uh, back with me here about a year later and we we set up here so it was wonderful yeah and you didn't have trouble with your visa going to japan no 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 because i was a spouse at that point so got it got it. wow we, what we, a fun story yeah 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 well you look i uh, let, let me tell you a couple of things about that story that are, okay. that are really blow your mind here's, I here's hear it. yeah here's one of my favorites we were on a trip to Fox Glacier and we were with a group of people that we knew. So Fox Glacier is lovely glacier in New Zealand. I've been there many times. So okay. I know the track well and I was all, you know, I'll show my wife what, what New Zealand's really about. So traips down the track and I came to a corner and there's a track leading off to the right. And I thought, I've never seen that track before. Now, this is the stuff of fairy tales. You're going to think that maybe I was, you know, eating something funny at that point. <laughs> such miraculous, uh, you know, inside the tracks that don't exist. Uh, so, I, so I said to her, oh, look, I've never been down this track before. Want to come? And anyway, the group that we were with had sort of parted a little bit. So we just waved at them and they probably thought, oh, young love, you know, you guys just go off into the bush there. But yep. I'd never seen this track and I didn't even know. It. So we go off down this track and I kid you not, after oh, maybe a hundred meters or so, it opens out into this incredible scenery I've never seen. The light. It was like, in Japanese, they call it a rakuen or a magical garden. It's like 
you're suddenly transported to Alice in Wonderland. And there was this absolutely amazing place. We were, it had these beautiful waterfalls. It was like, you know, being in, being, the stuff of Peter Pan. It was like, like that. We both stood there in absolute awe. We were dumbstruck. I said, I, I said, I don't know. I've never been here. I don't know what this is. Let's take photos. We tried to pull out our phones. Nothing worked. Not, not us. The phones didn't work. Our cameras didn't work. Nothing. I said, oh, look, this must be a glitch. But she said, but on boat, all of our stuff? How is that possible? So we stood there. You know, we just sat down. Uh, these beautiful you know, waterfalls, streams. Thing. I, it was like, yeah, I couldn't even paint a picture as beautiful as that. Anyway, we, we, we were sure we'd been there. I, I, I'd say about half an hour maybe by, by earthly time. And so she said, and, and thankfully she was there with me. Otherwise I'd think I was going crazy. So we come out and then we look down the track and the group is only, uh, it's gone on a matter of maybe 10, 20, 30 meters. So we yell out to them and we, they say, Oh, where, where did you guys go? And we said, Oh, we just, we've, we've been gone about half an hour. They said, no, no, you just went there a few, few moments ago. And we said, no. So we put a brick down on the place where the path was and we ran, a, ran up to catch, uh, well, uh, that talk was after that. We, we ran to catch the mate, had that talk, went up the glacier, came back, no sign of the path, no sign of nothing. It, there was nothing in existence there. My wife still remembers that. She, we've been back there. We cannot find that garden. There was nothing, absolutely nothing there. So, Thankfully, she was with me. We had a lot of experiences like that. that you know, I, I think love does extraordinary things to people on this planet. And every lover will say the same thing, that, that there's such a beauty that, and, and um, a mystical quality to love that unfolds in its own way for people. And that's how it unfolded for us. It kind of unfolded in a series of natural experiences that were... Um, they were just inexplicable. Like we, we had another one where we were um, going to a be beach called Whale Beach in New Zealand. And I mean, all beaches in New Zealand are named like Whale Beach, Dolphin Beach, Rainbow Beach, you know, Rainbow Valley. Uh, no, nobody could think of anything sort of more imaginative than, than those. So we went to Whale Beach and, and it's, it, you have to cross uh, about two kilometers of just your pasture land, you know, with your ducks and geese and things like that. And there was a, uh, between where you have to park the car and the beach, there, there's some farm, there's obviously a lot of farmland and there's a big gate and fence that separates you. I, I knew that. I've been there once before. And again, I thought, I'll show what, what New Zealand's really made of. We got to the farm gate and as we're climbing over, the most amazing thing happens. Even today, she, she you know, my wife is still in awe of this. We got, we both got struck by uh it was like a, a golden wave of energy, but just this immense wave as if the, you know, when you go out and you swim in the ocean and you're, you're taken up by this huge, huge swell of the ocean itself, it was like that, but an energetic form. And we both felt it. And it, it like swept through us as if like, like some godly consciousness kind of filling Filling both of us, and and again because we were both there, she said she just looked at me. She said, "Are you doing this?" I said, <laughs> no, "No, it's not me. <laughs> I got nothing to do with this." We we were in absolute awe of 
the fact that this kind of consciousness and energy was actually able to flow through our planet. It was completely earthly. It was like an angelic presence kind of giving us the nod, you know, giving us the two thumbs up and saying, Hey guys, you're in the right place. You've met each other, you know, figure it out. (laughs) That's the hard part. (laughs) That's the hard part. They're doing the practical stuff is the harder part. That is easy, you know? So anyway, that those sort of things kept unfolding for us. So we were, we felt very blessed. It was just like one of those. I love that. Tell me about the website. It has got so much information. Usually I stalk people and I get, I figure everything out. You have a lot of information on your website. So I, I did not get through all of it. Tell me about all of it. Okay, the, the website. I lost a little bit of you there. I think the, there was a slight uh, run in the video, but that's okay. okay. We'll take that. We'll take it. It'll work. You're talking it about the out. website, right? Yes. So Tell me about the I website. Will... There's a lot. There's a lot of it. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. You, okay. We're talking, we're talking yep. about the website, right? Yes, the... yes, yes. Tell me okay, about just... the website. All right. So, so basically, the website is a lead into a group that I'm and, and the work that I'm currently doing at the moment, which is called raising our vibration. So the website, one of the websites referred to as altesham.com. And the other one that we're doing at the moment, I'm doing this with a friend of mine, a, a fellow co-meditator, uh, Kevin Shaninger, and a very special group of people called the raising our vibration community. So if you go to Facebook, this is the easiest way actually to access it. If you go okay. to Facebook, you can and type in raising our vibration community, you'll get to an amazing bunch of people who are all looking at, well, I'd call it the naked brainwaves since we're on the naked podcast. That's <laughs> right. You. <laughs> we're, looking, we're, we're using meditation and EEG headsets like Muse headsets, for example, to go, go and look inside our brains and our hearts and as to what's actually happening there. And we teach a process called, a light, love, and peace uh, to help people overcome the stresses and struggles of everyday life. And it's really born out, it's birthed out of our own stresses and struggles in life that Kevin and I had and how we dealt with them and, and what kind of insights that we came to. So it's a process of um, this, this community and the website. If, if you go to raisingourvibration.net, you'll also get the same information that, has uh, that w- I was starting to share on the Altesh um, um, website, but the easiest one is like I say, raising our vibration community in mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, where it's it's a process of subtle energy meditation, and we're currently in talks with different companies about um, designing headsets and apps to help people really understand subtle energy. So, for example, you know, the, the, there are levels of meditation which uh, help us to become calm and deal with stress in terms of becoming a lot a lot calmer in life and a lot but and uh, the way that our community is approaching it is to look at subtle energy so for example um, when you are really still and really silent and when you open up to that vast spaciousness that's within you you can often touch higher states of consciousness, really divine states, Mm -hmm. states that will 
allow you to walk in everyday life with that same kind of love that I was sharing with you about my wife, <laughs> with my wife, that same sort of transcendent love. So we take people through a process where they, where we teach them how to prepare to open up to these higher states of consciousness. So Deepak Chopra talks about a metahuman, about the flow, the flow of consciousness, about non-dual consciousness, where it's no longer about you, where you actually tap into a collective and connect with people on a really universal level. And it's a very beautiful uh, expression of the one shared heart that we all have. You know, so it's all about bringing the world together in unity. So we take people from uh, a, a preparation point into how to go inwards, which is a process called interoception, going into your invisible world. Because most of the time our senses are outward. We're kind of grasping, how, how do I find love? How do I get money? How do I get healthier? And we teach people how to access that invisible world first and, and actually realize it within so that it manifests externally. So we go take them through that interoception, turning inwards, how to concentrate, a little bit like the, the, um, the secret, you know, the law of attraction. When you really concentrate on something, you really do generate that magnetism within and attract it from without. So we teach people to concentrate and then how to transcend. So how to go, what does it actually mean literally to go into light or into love or into peace in a, in a practice, in an inner subtle meditation practice? And then we teach people when you come out of that kind of state, how, what, what can you, what sort of insights do you develop and how can you ground that experience? And also how can you be of um, service to the world? So a lot of it is about, helping people to understand their, their true purpose. Um, oh, okay. That's really the, how, what's your soul purpose? You know, when you really feel that sense of I'm here and I'm doing this and I'm being what I'm always supposed to be and I can feel that flow, then a whole different set of events happens in your life and a whole different way of being comes about. You, you kind of, you touch that deeper eye, that deeper presence, and, and something un, unfolds. You kind of let go. You surrender. I think in, in simple terms, it's all about surrender. And a lot of the story that I wrote um, in this book here. Yay, Chaos, I'm so glad apparently. you bought. Yes, yeah. you're a co-author. Yep. I'm a co-author of this book. And a lot of the story that I write is all about surrender. My, my, um, a lot of my, my story from that connects to raising our vibration, connects to Chaos to Clarity, is all about surrender in my case to divine mother to the mother within all of us to the the mother of the universe to the that that feminine flow of power and grace that when you when you really let go so when you're not hanging on to this little eye with all its beliefs and ideas and labels and names you suddenly touch something else something that transcends all that and that is incredibly exciting. That makes life just a one big miraculous rainbow. <laughs> okay, I've got questions now about this rainbow. Yay. Because one thing is, I know from personal experience, the surrender is terrifying. Very terrifying, yeah. Because you don't really know what's on the other side. And we all want to know our purpose. You know, our, are we living our soul's purpose? But that's terrifying, especially if you don't know exactly what it is. Or you think you might... 
And what if it's a lot different? I mean, there's like all these questions that I have because I haven't done this, you know, with you or this process. So I would be really curious and really terrified. And I would say, if I go through this process with you, I will, I know I will be absolutely 100% completely okay with whatever the answer is to my soul purpose, because it will make sense when I get there. I, I believe that. Mm. But getting there is terrifying. Absolutely. I, 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 I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I haven't taken more of that sort of journey or, or worked more with an energy worker. Cause every time you do it a little bit, it's like, well, that's scary. Okay. We're just going to wait and cling to this, this other stuff. <laughs> that's easy. Right. Even though it doesn't feel fulfilling. Mm-hmm. How many people come to you? Cause you mentioned that Yes, we all we're all looking to the outside either to get healthier or I I'm I can guarantee I would I would bet I would wager a bet that a lot of people come because they want to get better health or they want to attract love into their lives or deepen relationships and they come in for that one reason like that's the reason why we get past the fear right. because we really want to know about that one thing getting healthy and it's so much different and more how often does that happen every time yeah that oh, yeah. That, that does happen yeah. all the time like yeah. the the mm-hmm. I, I mean the process that we've we've done we've done we do with groups of about 20 people at a time okay okay and before that kevin and i both dealt with it in in our own practices in our own businesses yeah. we dealt with in my case several thousand people all looking for the same thing all all looking for but as you said it's usually health money and relationships and purpose some kind of purpose it's one of those four things right and and the and and the other thing you're so right about is that once people understand that that is really that that they are wanting that but that there is a different way to get through to that then they are super motivated to get there and of course like you said it can mean you you might come in thinking it's all about health and then you might awaken to your soul purpose as a result and suddenly life just goes flips itself upside down and you're faced with the fact that oh i know what no longer want to do my job i mean i can think of some people who are very dear friends of mine who have done this course with us and they're in the process of you know turning their whole world upside down leaving their regular jobs and and looking at going out on their own and starting their own business in a field that they've never done before and yeah. looking at what, what is that, what does that mean? And part of the, I think when you really find that deep center, that core within yourself, and you know that that core is immortal, unchanging, totally, that, that it's, you're, you're totally connected always. And that, that flow, when you're in the flow, it's much easier to source health and abundance and love than when you're pushing against it and you're sort of bound up mm-hmm. to the little tiny view of the world. Uh, it's a little bit like, you know, going out in a starry night and you look at the stars and you think, oh, I know what the universe is. It's that bunch of stars up there, but you're only seeing 1% of the cosmos in that moment. And it's right. a little bit like, so it's like that aha moment. You suddenly realize when you go through this process of ac- accessing your your true inner self that 
there is such vast potential that you've never looked at. You've been looking at the 1% and the 99% of energy and consciousness that flows through you is waiting there. And it's not going to leave you alone. And once you tap it on the, you know, forehead and say, Hey, <laughs> I'm, I want to connect to you. <laughs> once you tap it, it's, it's going to answer. It's going to, it's not going to leave you alone because it's always been part of you. There's no, that 99% is, is you. It's not, you know, you are the universe. You are that flow. You are that consciousness mm. that, that you connect to. And when people connect to that, for sure, they suddenly, it, it does a flip in their inner world. And of course, on the outer world, it does a mirror flip. It, it responds. And the outer world, you look at the outer world in a different way. And you say, well, I've, if I've got infinite potential, mm -hmm. why haven't I been doing this? What have I been doing sitting on my you know, but in the office, not doing, you know, writing somebody else's notes. Why don't I right. go and write my own notes? Yeah, well, and I think that there's a time and a place for everything. And there's, I always have felt like, even though sitting on my butt writing other people's notes, that was a time and a place. And it was, hmm. I, I credit it for a lot of growth, right? But right. It's, there's a lot of growth. In it. And some people, that is really where they want to be. And there's no fault in that because we're all not, different. None, what, none whatsoever. See, I've tapped, but I'm ignoring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, hate, you... I hate that. Hey, I'm like, hey, I'm, I feel like Jen. you're finding me out. <laughs> Jen, if you, were, if you were to go and do it, what do you think it would be? If so much to... more than I give credit for. And I think that that's what's scary. You know what I think is the most scary is that I don't want to have been off base so far for so long. Mm. So of course, put it off because that's the answer. That's fine. I, I have a friend who's an energy worker and I've every single time what I learned is that every time I go to her, it's not going to be what I expect. Part of me is going to be a little bit angry <laughs> and it's going to be exactly what I needed. Yeah. And so once I realized that I was like, you know, I remember showing up being like, okay, I have, I don't know what it's going to be. It's not going to be what I think. I'm going to be a little bit angry and it's going to be awesome. So <laughs> let's just push through. But she told me one thing early on that there, there were lots and lots and lots of things and I loved every one of them. But, you know, I have kids and I, I am very altruistic. I want to give, I want to make a difference to people. And I don't mind using my own experience for that. So I'm a little mouthy. Um, she said, you have such a big heart, but you don't let people in. You only use your heart to, to project out to people, but you should take some time and really allow people back in. Like not kids, kids are different, right? Cause you have a five-year-old. Yep. Yep, yep. You can love a child and allow that love back in. And it's, it's a direct constant flow without, because it's not a scary thing. But outside of that, if it gets scary, I kind of put the brakes on. And yeah, it will. I it made me pretty irritated that she said that, <laughs> and that she was right. And she's like, as soon as you're able to do that, things will open up. And I was like, damn it! <sighs> and then she got pregnant, had a baby, and I haven't been able to go back and see her. So, tell me about your course. Tell me about what the course is and how you go through this process with you and on your own. What's the course yep. about? Yeah. All right. So, so the course itself is called subtle energy meditation and 
the like I said, it takes people through a process of light, love, and peace. And here, here's where some of the brain waves come come in. Yeah, I love so this. We yeah. So the the naked brain waves. What what does that really mean? Well, we, when you look under the bonnet of your car, you know you see an engine, but we very rarely look under the bonnet of our skull because most of the time, up until just recently, we weren't able to see directly inside to see. What, what actually is going on in that brain? What kind of brain waves are we generating? And, and the same with the heart and the gut, because there's two other types of brains, the gut feeling that we get during the day and the, about things, that intuitive perception, and also the heart. You know, the heart itself has a electromagnetic field that's bigger than any other part of the body. So that tells you something about the sort of intelligence that's residing in the heart space. And, and hence, opening your heart and getting opening your heart to people means you're going to open that space you know so we we teach people how to access those three brains they're called the three dantians in chinese mm -hmm. medicine so we guide people into how to prepare your body so so initially it's all about allowing the body to become still, not just to energize it. So we teach energization exercises, but we also teach exercises of stillness. So I'll give you a quick, quick example. It's better than explaining it to you. I'll give you about a, a 60 second or 120 okay. second example. So if you, tr you try this, you, you place your feet flat on the floor. Okay. Yep. You cup your hands, you close your eyes mm -hmm. and you, Start to breathe, and as, as you breathe, you take your awareness and attention to the breath itself, and you start to count the breaths. The easiest way to do this for anybody listening is to simply count the breaths as they on the outward breath. So you breathe in, and as you breathe out, you count one. And as you breathe in a second time, you breathe out, you count two. And as you breathe in, you breathe out, you count three. You breathe in. As you breathe out, you count four. As you notice, the body's becoming very quiet and still. And imagine that there is a beautiful light above you that's starting to flow down through your crown in the form of a smile, like a Buddha smile, or a Divine Mother's smile, or a Christ smile. It just flows down, it makes you gently, subtly smile. This Buddha smile fills your forehead, your eyes, it makes you smile as it passes down through your body, energizing every cell, your cheeks, throat, down your shoulders, your arms, your hands. That beautiful Buddha smile, smile of love and compassion fills your heart. Down through into your belly, down into the pelvis area, thighs, calves, feet, flows down into the earth itself. It's like connecting you from heaven above to earth below. And feel the energy in your palms, which is relaxed and at peace.
become aware of the inner world. Be a calm, at peace. So be aware of the energy within you and all around you. And if you were to give this feeling you have inside one word, what would it be? Happy. Beautiful. And then gently open your eyes and keep that same happy, calm, peace. So you can see that took us maybe two minutes or three minutes. But it actually shifts the energy. Even somebody listening will probably find that in that short amount of time and space, something happened. They were able to have a, an experience of something inside, even if it's just the, the simple process of going from us speaking to suddenly being aware of that happy feeling within mm -hmm. for just those few moments. It is when you think about it, we don't spend much of our day getting in touch with that happy power that's mm -hmm. within us. We don't get in touch with that because most of the time we're distracted by cell phones and television and some, some news about the U S president. And something <laughs> No, okay, as uh, we're recording, he was impeached yesterday. <laughs> so in December 2019, yes, that news broke yesterday. Yeah, so uh, yeah I mean, that's true. We're inundated. Yeah, we, we are inundated. So that adds to our modern day stress. And mm. in fact, that inundation is constantly pulling us from our inner world, which is actually where our real power lies. I mean, that happiness you feel and that peace and happiness that, that I was feeling along with you are where that's the true human dynamo. That's what, that's where the, the flow consciousness comes from. If you don't spend enough time in your day getting in touch with that, then you are going to be just subject to the inundation of whatever it happens to be that your job or your relationship or anything else um, connects you to. So, so once you start to spend a little bit of time tuning into that happiness, mm -hmm. then something different happens in your life because you become calmer, more clearer about what your path is. And that happy feeling that you felt is actually here. You know, it's in, in the heart and it's it. And it's really at the foundation of what you were saying, you know, the part of you maybe that you haven't looked at for a while and right. that's, and that naturally there all the time. And it's possibly if you're in touch with it every single day, it'll start giving you signs. You, you start listening mm. to that, those messages and signs and signals, and they say certain things that perhaps you haven't been listening to up to this point. So oh, that part's true for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's the, you know, that, that is kind of in a nutshell, we take people that there was a very simple, uh -huh. introduction but we take people through from that point then into going really deep what does it mean to actually go really deep into stillness for example if you go high into the light we've discovered from our from brain waves that, mm -hmm. that this shows a very high frequency brainwave called gamma mm -hmm. and gamma has been associated with a lot of mystical experience and also with really high coherence in the brain and, and a unity consciousness. And then, so uh, we've discovered 
as we've gone through this with people that if they haven't had that neural trait or signature before, they begin to show it after doing some of the practices that we guide them into. And then we encourage them to explore the heart. And what does that mean to really develop deep love and compassion? And that, that neural signature is often uh, a variety of both gamma and then sometimes delta. Delta signals or delta brainwaves are often associated with uh, sleep but they're also associated with really deep uh, out of body or loss of body consciousness. So there's a lot of practices, meditation practices, which will take you into a, a Delta state. And they are often really when you lose all sense of the body consciousness. And when that first happens to you and when it's happened to people in our groups, it's quite, that is quite an awakening in yourself for such a long time. You've been aware in health, for example, Oh, I've got this pain, this ache, but suddenly after a week or two or more of practice, you sit down and those aches and pains are no longer there. In fact, to a certain extent, you don't even feel your body after really deep, you know, meditation practice and interoception you start to go inward and your inner world has then much stronger power than your outer world. So, I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's kind of a natural balance. If you're going to give all your emphasis to your aches and pains, then for sure, your yep. brain's loaded up with them, your body's tense because of them. But when you start to relax and you allow the brainwaves to take on that same state of stress-free and te tension-less, um, uh, flow, then the aches and pains are no longer your focal point. And then you realize, of course, how much you have been focusing on your aches and pains. And you start to realize that when you do focus on that happy state, something different happens. Your cells reject. It's been proven many, many times in uh, a lot of the research that we've looked at that when you do have those happy vibes, then you're sending the cells the same message mm -hmm. and the cells send the same message throughout your body and your body starts eventually to pick up different signals than if you're stressed. Because we all know when you have an ache and a pain, you're worrying about it through your day, you're holding on to it, you're rubbing it, you're... your whole consciousness during the day is distracted by this, this tension. But when you actually learn to how, how to let go and surrender, then you touch that flow of happiness or that flow of pure consciousness. And as your healer friend has said to you, I'm sure you, that's how the healing happens. Yeah. The healing happens because in most cases we're he surrendering to a healer, but when mm. you surrender to the healer within, who is also just as equally powerful, then these really quite miraculous things happen. So a lot of the times when I was working with people through the States in Canada, I would just basically do that, go in, they'd be in a lot of pain. So one example, I, I, I'll, I'll call this man Al. He was in Ashland, Oregon. Dear, dear, dear old man, I, he, he came to me because he'd heard this reputation that I could do things. And I said, look, I don't heal anybody. The, the source heals people. I just lay my hands on people. And, and it was a gift I'd had since I was little. I could put my head on, hands on somebody's head when they had a headache and it would disappear. So he, he laid down on bed, his bed. And I said, look, just go to sleep and, and I'll just put my hands on you and we'll see what happens. So I did that. And after about 10 minutes, I felt this rush, this incredible rush of energy through me and through him. Now, his story was quite amazing. He had been, he was, um, 
in in wartime, he'd been on a on a boat which was attacked, and the he, he was thrown overboard, and the planes that were flying overhead shot at him. He got shrapnel down his spine, so he basically was very um, incapacitated and yeah. couldn't, you know. So. And, and when I saw him, he was like that. And when I felt this rush of energy, I felt something really di quite different than other healing that I'd uh, that I'd been witness to before. And his body kind of shook a little bit, and then it relaxed. And I, I went after two hours. I just stayed with him for two hours, holding my hand on, on him. And two hours later, and then I just went uh, home where where I was staying in Ashland at the time. And um, the in, in the morning, I got this call. And it, it, it was uh, it was a lady named Louise who was running a studio, and she said, "Oh, I was just wondering if you'd like to come down to our studio." And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" She said, "Well, there's a gentleman here called Al, and um, he's walking." I said, "Yeah, he uses a stick. He, he's he's not very out. no no." She said, "He's walking. <laughs> he's walking freely. He's like he's he's he he looks like he could dance through." Really. He, he says he's been healed and that you healed him. I said, no, no, did nothing of the kind. I said, he just, we, we turned in together to his source consciousness and it woke up and it mm -hmm. free, you know, and I explained, she said, well, would you come in for an interview? So anyway, I'd went in for an interview and that was, that's all always very helpful for meeting lots of people. And they always want to the same thing. And, you know, reputation often assists you a lot, and you, you yeah, know, absolutely, much the, same, much the same thing. And of course, people's belief has a lot to do it do with it as well. If yep. they believe that by me touching them is going to help them connect to their source consciousness, then that's a great thing, and it seemed to just keep working. So, I, I think for know. me, the energy work, because one thing I loved about the energy worker that I had, I have used is that her background was in physics and science. And so everything can be explained, like you're explaining brainwaves, right? Yeah. You're explaining meditation and healing your body and increasing happiness through brainwaves, which you can prove scientifically. Correct. Correct. I think our minds and I know mine works really well when you can show me the science behind it. I don't have a science background. I just want it to make sense. And science yeah. makes sense. It's a neat little package with a bow on it and it makes sense. And what she told me is I'm not doing anything. I'm just facilitating you because you just haven't tapped into how yet. If yeah. I can facilitate it so that you tapped in, you don't need me because I'm not doing anything extra special. I've just learned how to tap, help you tap in. Yeah. And so that's exactly what you're explaining the science exactly. behind it and that you're facilitating people tapping in touch helps a lot though to connect well it helps me quiet my brain but mm. it helps it helps your that outside person's touch gives a focal point i think that helps a person have the ability to tap into themselves where Absolutely. before it seems like we're just reaching for stuff yeah. right we don't know where it's at we're reaching for it's just a focal point that you're giving through facilitation I, I absolutely agree yeah that, take me back to how you got started in this because I know there was a struggle in your past and we've are we've spent so much great time talking I want to know where because I know a little bit about it but I want to hear the story <laughs> sure sure well when I was uh, when I was two years old actually I used to wake up every night from this terrifying nightmare and I mean every single night from yeah. When I was two to when I was three, I woke up 
with this dream, and it was exactly the same dream. I was a monk with a companion on a bridge, walking across a chasm to a monastery in the distance, and I would fall off this bridge into the chasm. And when I fell off, I would fall into this sound like om, this vast cosmic sound and this vast light. And as a two-year-old, that was really terrifying because I was dying. I wasn't mm -hmm. just jumping gaily into a chasm. I was, I was dying. And I knew that somehow as a two-year-old. And it is my earliest conscious memory, actually, that, that mm -hmm. particular dream. I had it every night. My parents were, thought I had epilepsy. So I, I went, ironically wow. enough, I went for brain tests. I did EEG tests at the age of two until I was three, all sorts, eye tests, ear tests, blood tests. Oh, I think I had kidney, <laughs> kidney light. It didn't matter what test. They, they were trying to solve why I would wake every night in the sweat. And I was dripping, I was screaming. I was, so it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty terrifying. And, um, it was, a, it was a struggle to actually, for me as a two-year-old, to understand why I might be having a recurring dream like that. Finally, after a year of these tests, one doctor, um, whose name was Erin, I can still remember her face, she, she'd done all these tests on me and she said, look, he, uh, he's just overheating. Why don't you take, actually, it's a great, this is a great um, platform why don't you take all his clothes off because he needs to be you know it needs to be naked and free and take all his bed everything don't have anything that that's going to raise his temperature and sure from that night i didn't dream that dream again but i have a vivid memory of that particular dream and of of what happened in the dream and and what was even a an equally astonishing connection to that to that dream because it is I think slightly unusual to be dreaming exactly the same dream night after night after night in really, really specific de detail. It's obviously, you know, source consciousness saying something to a little two year old, Hey, wake up, <laughs> pay attention. There is a lot more to you, the you that, that has come mm -hmm. through as this little kid than you actually know. And um, when my mom was, she was basically, probably six months away from she was passing out of this world and transiting out of this world. She told me, I, I went to visit her one day and she said, look, I've been meaning to tell you this for some time. And oh look, my, my mother's such a beautiful being. I, I just love her the bits. And she said, all that time ago when you had that dream, she said, when I was a young girl, I was a teenager. So she must've been, uh, she said around 15. She said, I was working in the, orchards in Nelson, New Zealand. And she said, I had, um, I was just picking apples. And one day I was sitting there and a woman, a Maori tohanga or an elder or a shaman or a healer came, came to her and came in and took her, my mum's hands and started to, she said she rubbed my mum's hands and she looked at them and she said, I'm going to tell you about your future. And my mum, you know, I mean, she was young. She didn't know what to say. Here's a, a, an elderly woman, you know, who's obviously very wise telling us. And then she started to say, she said, you're going to have four children, which is right. I'm one of four kids. And okay. she said, your eldest one, a boy, for sure enough, I'm the eldest boy. He is going to have a very spiritual life. And, and he's got this connection to strong connections to past lives. And she started to talk about 
that particular past life about the monk. I mean, as uncanny as that is, ah, that happened to my, okay. so my mum said, I never wanted to tell you this because I thought I'd probably lose you to going to be a monk or a priest. And it's true. I wanted okay. to be a priest from when I was six until when I was 12. And then I had a kind of awakening where I thought, mm, the church and the priests are not always seemed to be because there was a lot of kerfuffle going along with all the, you know, the child abuse and scandals yeah. that was happening in the church at that time. And I, I was really struck. It made me feel, okay, that's not the place for me, but, but I really did want to be a, you know, monk or priest up to that time. And then I thought, ah, rock band. So I'll, I'll go and, I'll go and play. <laughs> back. Go and, uh, it's much, it's either, yeah, you know, it's either the priest or the artist. Right. It's like I read, um, I read uh, the story of Stephen Dedalus, you know, J James Joyce, the portrait of the artist as a young man. And that literally, at the adjective, that literally changed my entire life at that point because I thought, yeah, it's either the priest or the artist. I mean, which way? Okay. <laughs> They're so similar. I could go either way. <laughs> so similar. They both, they both, you know, you look at, right? You look at it is that way. Mystics and shamans, and you look at the crazy artists and visionaries, they're, they're tapping into that same, you know, edge. Of, they of are. The I, I From a very different angle. <laughs> From a very different angle. Yes. I always thought, yeah, I get it. I get it. They're so yeah. close. No, they're like bread and butter. Um, so I, that, that, really, that early experience really shaped my curiosity for, you know, what on earth can make me have a year of just just terrible struggle when I was a little kid and what what does it mean so I explored you know early on I, I got drawn to start first of all I studied Japanese I must have had some sort of Japanese past life because I just said to my mum out of the blue one day when I was about four I said I, I need to study Japanese so um and here I am married to most beautiful woman in the world my wife and living in Japan um and I, uh, so I thought to myself, um, what, you know, how do, how do I find out more? So I, I was very fortunate, you know, at a, quite an early age, I got in touch with uh, Paramahansa Yogananda and, and Kriya Yoga and all of his uh, organization and practices. And I also got in touch with the Dalai Lama. I was lucky enough uh, in my early 20s to be a sponsor for the Dalai Lama's first trip to um, New, in New Zealand and I had a private audience with him and he spoke to me about love and compassion and since then I've met him quite a number of times and he's given me personal advice on dream yoga and like how to touch real deep clarity in your dreams and what does it mean to have a dream of clear light or you know mm. where you actually you go into a dream and for example you practice meditating in your dream which I've done I've, I've been able to lucid dream a meditation practice in the dream state. So there's a lot of, I, I think my early dream experience led me to explore dream yoga. And if people, people want to know about dream yoga, they could get a book by um, Kenzin Wanyul Rinpoche on dream yoga, which is just fabulous. You know, there, there's really simple things you can do in dreams. Like uh, if you go to sleep at night, you know, imagine a beautiful pink lotus at your throat and then, Focus on the third eye and the light in the third eye as you go to sleep. And you'll find that if you practice this, you actually start to become really deeply aware of what's happening in your dream state. Because when you, when you think about it, most of the time we're asleep, 
we don't really remember what's happened. Sometimes we remember the most recent dreams, but there's a whole opportunity, just like the waking state, to touch source consciousness, to touch the flow of consciousness and existence and energy that's actually moving through us all the time, but we're just not aware of it. So dream yoga is really something I'm totally into that I've practiced for years and years. And it's kind of like, that's, that's like a whole podcast on itself, but it's a yeah. really fasc fascinating subject. It's uh, just a brilliant way to access what we were talking about, your soul purpose, but through your sleep. So you basically, through that experience, once you got to the priest and the rock star stage, <laughs> that all of us have to it's like we have to go gotta, through that you gotta figure it you, you gotta you gotta go through a couple of growing pains but basically that that year of your life when you were really little you've kind of dedicated your life to helping people figure things out yeah yeah exactly yeah that's that's all i'm here for i i really love helping people and that's my wife says crazy fun just that's what I'm here for. She, she, she knows that. So yeah, it really is. It really is. It's, it's, you just realize that everybody has that feeling of that two-year-old where they just think, what am I here on this planet? What is all this chaos and struggle? You know, you look at our politics and our society and you know, the imbalance of poverty and the difficulties oh. we've got with our environment. And sometimes, you know, there are people all over the planet just not knowing what to do and all that kind of chaos. And that's what the book is really about. The, the Chaos to Clarity book is about how do, how do we take all these really fractured experiences and make some sort of sense of them? And I think that's the wonderful thing about getting in touch with your inner world, with your invisible world, is it is like a miracle. Suddenly, everything that you've been told of, told about, you realize is our conditioning. We've been conditioned. Right to believe all these kind of mental constructs that we've put in place throughout our life. And they're all basically illusion because within you is the truth within you is that light and that love and that peace that you're looking for. And somehow we've been told it resides in our movie world or in the, our job that we've been, you know, toiling away at for so many years or trying to make sense of our relationship. But when you actually, surrender to that inner self something really magic happens and do you think i when you're saying that all of these things out in the world like just pollution i remember wanting to join greenpeace and i was going to save the world mm -hmm. and I be a journalist yeah. me too I wanted okay to okay so we were both we, <laughs> we were both rock stars i wasn't a priest but you know um <laughs> I really did because I wanted to make such a difference. And I think there's a lot of people that want to make such a difference. And it's so big and overwhelming when you talk about politics and religion and pollution and movies, like the whole thing is so overwhelming. Yeah. I think a lot of us stop ourselves because we don't even know where to start. But what you're saying is you just start with you yeah. and the impact with, you can make. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Start, start with you. Start with simple things like your breathing. Mm -hmm. I, the, the, there's a really powerful process of understanding yourself when you get in touch with your breath because your whole life you live with this breath and oftentimes if you've got, become no more aware of it than the fact that it exists, then only at that transition that we make to another world or to another dimension or another place, only at that point when when the breath starts to no longer 
serve its function do we become so incredibly aware of it but if we get in touch with the breath before then we actually realize that a lot of our ability to manage self-regulate self-regulate the what you're talking about the the external stuff in the world mm -hmm. actually comes through simple processes that we're, we're already connected to so the breath is one and i always think coherent breathing is sort of one of the most beautiful practices to teach people where you just simply breathe in to count of four like one two three four hold it for four breathe out for four and even in one simple breath somebody can feel oh the whole world is slowed down mm -hmm. for that moment just like it is now and then you realize oh, that speed of the world outside and the way that I perceive it, there's the key. And I can perceive it in a different way. I don't have to be drawn outwards all the time. I can actually take my attention and awareness inwards and start to work with that inner energy body, just like your healer friend spoke mm -hmm. about, and start to facilitate its knowledge power, wisdom, understanding, healing, and so on. Because all the ailments that we have, all these aches and pains and dis-ease and so on, does come from our disease. And it's our disease. It's not anything to do with any other. If we throw the blame onto somebody else, well, we're actually never going to solve it for ourselves. But when we turn inwards and we start to accept responsibility and we start to get to know ourselves. I mean, knowing the breath itself is such a healing journey mm -hmm. because there's the whole, the, there is a whole shift in our relationship to life. And then we stop blaming the world and also stop saying, hey, the chaos is out there. We do realize that the chaos has started with us. And then we think through something like the coherent breath, oh, I felt three moments of really, sublime peace mm -hmm. just from breathing in for a count of four holding for a count of four breathing and then you think that, that peace is all here it's mm -hmm. not it's not there but you have to have that direct experience of what you said at the beginning the happiness or the mm -hmm. peace you've got to get that experience for yourself it's not to do with me giving it to you mm -hmm. you have to have it and when you do have it it's just that it's that flash of awakening or enlightening that says to you, oh, I actually did feel that peace just for a moment. I was at, for one moment, I was free of all that stuff that has been bothering and stressing and frustrating, causing me anger for just a moment. I can actually feel where the source is and it's here. And that's what, that, you know, you realize the source of that happiness is here and the source of the peace is here and the source of the love is here. Mm -hmm. And that just totally changes your world because you get one glimpse of it and you, then you, it makes you hungry. hungry. Like you said, you're hungry. Going, that was my word. Yes. I want, <laughs> I want, I want more want. of that. <laughs> I want to end by asking you a kind of unrelated question. Yeah. What is it like to have a five-year-old? Uh, my five-year-old is the most delightful, joyful <laughs> bundle of happiness. And I do think you said it yourself, children keep you a child within. 
I feel like they help orchids help me touch that childlike beauty inside myself, like the beauty and grace of of that divine mother. The be- I, I do want to be a mom. <laughs> I wanna, you are I the look only like- man that has said that out loud, in my, at least in my presence. I actually, I think you should want to. I was, yeah. and you know, um, my daughter right now is 39 weeks pregnant. She's due right now um, in one week. And when she calls me and talks to me, you know, I remember all of it. And it's an experience that everyone should watch. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, it's was... all of those things. And so, <laughs> yes, you know, I understand. I, I, do you know, I, I just, I, I know we're nearing the end, but just, just quickly, I had, I, um, one of my friends was giving birth. I was on an island with her. I'd agreed to come over and help her out and just get towels and things. But the midwife and the doctor couldn't make it. So I was the only one there and I helped her deliver, <laughs> deliver the baby in a, in a water tub, you know, in a ba- yeah. and it was just, it was there. And I thought, I want to be a mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know it was very painful for her and I know the water birth yeah. actually helped. It did. Lot. I had two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should want to, and it is that amazing. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It was exceptional. That part was exceptional for me. Yeah, mm. you should totally be jealous. I'm jealous. But, yeah, it, it's a pretty <laughs> amazing thing. I'm so thankful for you being on. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, I'm so grateful, too. Thank you.